everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. I'm Eric Wilbur. Get ready to winter like you mean it. Make tracks to Stratton Mountain for corduroy cruisers, tree-lined trails, new terrain parks, 160 acres of glades, and snow so great it's guaranteed. Check out all the fun activities like snow tubing, snowmobile tours, snowshoe treks, and groom trails at the Nordic Center. Then there's Stratton Village for Apre and Late Night. Visit Stratton.com to save on lift tickets and lodging with new packages for 2022. As I said, I'm Eric Wilber, editor of the New England Ski Journal. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Specian. Mike, hello. Good afternoon, Eric. How are you? I'm great. And we're here today because we're celebrating a couple big birthdays. It's the it, it just so happens that the 2022-23 season is the 60th anniversary and or birthday, however you want to put it, for both New Hampshire ski area family legends, Pat's Peak and King Pine. Yeah, can you believe it? 60 years. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been around for the 60 years, so I guess I can believe it. Just the fact that both ski areas are celebrating that long of a tenure, particularly in an age of, you know, of, of major corporations owning these places, is, is, is quite the thing. The major corporations, Eric, but also we've seen so many ski areas disappear, especially in southern New Hampshire where Pat's is. Mm. Um, you know, that's what's amazing, that they have survived all the... All this time when so many have not, they put together great, great programs. They spent their money on snowmaking and they had a population base close enough to make it all work. Right. Yeah, I I think we were talking before the show and I think you have a lot more. I've been to Pat's a handful of times and I've been to King Pine more times than I can count, you know, because my family has owned a, a house in Madison for almost 40 years now and so king pine has always been a family favorite whether it was when i was learning how to ski or uh, my kids are learning how to ski and it it always has been this sort of favorite place of ours as a family because of the simplicity involved right like you you bring the kids you get them to ski school you can watch them through that that huge window up in the lodge and just enjoy like the simplicity of skiing you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, they go out there, they learn, you take them back out after their lesson, you enjoy the day together, and there's no pressure, right? There's no pressure that, you know, the 12-year-old wants to go do some, you know, triple black diamond, right? When the, when the five-year-old can't exactly handle that yet. It's just nice, good family skiing by taking all the pretensions, taking all the pretense out of it, Right and just really making it what it should be. It's bringing us back to the core of what skiing's supposed to be. Totally. A family event, both King Pine and Pat's, you hit it. They're, the lodges allow the parents to sit there and watch their kids progress. When you see a parent look out at a first-timer and, and just, you can see it in their face, it's, it's quite amazing. Yeah. But Pat's and King Pine have also spent their time creating ski schools to bring these kids up. Mm -hmm. And I've always said, you don't have to have the biggest hill to make great skiers. It's all about mileage. I mean, Kristen Ulmer came out of Pat's Peak, and my goodness, world-class skier. She skied, you know, terrain a little bit more adventurous than Pat's Peak, too, I I would say. At least with my kids learning at, at King Pine, what I remember the most is you're not hovering over them you're able to sit back and enjoy them from a little bit of a distance which puts a lot less pressure on them for sure unless they're looking up in the window they got five faces staring down at them but the ski school there is so well produced and so well built up that look they're not trying to make world-class skiers there they're just trying to make you understand the basics in my experience i've had I've had two places that have done above and beyond in teaching my kids how to ski. Well, number one, me. So three. Number one, me. Number two, Blue Hills, which taught my now 12-year-old from nothing to, I mean, he's the best of, of my three skiers right now. And the the transformation I saw from him over a three-week program at Blue Hills was tremendous. But King Pine has really taught all my kids the most, and they've learn so much from those instructors that know what it takes to to teach these kids and teaching them in an environment that's manageable right they're, they're not going to bring them to the top of, of a three thousand foot mountain they're just going to teach them how to ski in a nice friendly environment and really that's all you need at, at a certain age 
It's 100% about vertical or mileage, I should say, on the hill. And both of these areas give you that. At Pat's Peak, I can remember, because I live in southern New Hampshire, I can remember hopping the bus with my son for ski ski trips. The amount of buses up there, the kids rolling off, just gushing to go out and ski with their friends for the evening or for the afternoon, as it might be. Mm -hmm. And then right afterwards, as the kids are getting ready to load up, the beer league, the adult racing league pulled in. And... I've been there at night there for that. And, you know, afterwards, you have all your friends up there. You go up to the bar and have a beer afterwards and a snack. It is so vibrant. It's It could be like being at the Matterhorn sometimes. Right, right. And this year, well, Pat's Peak has been an Indy Pass member for since the beginning, correct? Or was it the second year? Nope, since day, year one. Since day one. Okay, so, yep. so they are heading into their, was this the fourth year? This is year number four. Year number four. Okay. So they've been there. They've had the experience even to, I mean, it's been so successful with Pat's Peak that they had to implement a reservation system again last year because they had one day that was just overrun by Indy Pass. They had to actually turn away season pass holders. That speaks to just how successful that pass has been for Pat's Peak. And this year, King Pine is actually entering into the realm or the family, as you, as you might have it as an allied member. People that had never really heard of Pat's Peak but just now saw it on the Indie Pass may also use that for King Pine and give that a little bit more of a of visitorship too. I think you're probably right there. With Boston being the largest marketplace for the Indie Pass, according to Doug Fish, mm-hmm. the owner, yep. or the promoter, I should say, people started to find Pat's through the Indie Pass because it was easy. So now you're in Boston, maybe you wouldn't come up and ski a Pat's Peak because you thought it was small, but then you came up and you realized that there's some real skiing there. I can tell you it was springtime one year, and I just needed to get on the hill. My wife looked at me. I mean, I was in shorts in the backyard, and she looked at me thought I was nuts. But I went up to Pat's, and and the amount of snow they still had up there, nobody was on the hill except for me skiing soft bumps all afternoon i think another thing we have to mention about pat's peak is obviously the cookies right the, oh, these these famous to, to die for m&m cookies that just seem like a, an m&m cookie but they have made a, a a phenomenon with those cookies according to the concord monitor newspaper up in new hampshire this is a 2016 article the recipe is a Pat's Peak secret. You're not getting it. So hopefully we're going to have Chris Blombeck on in a few minutes. Hopefully we can ask the general manager himself what goes in those cookies. But we do know they only bake six cookies per pan to maximize size, and they're huge cookies, right? And the cookies are slightly undercooked, so they're gooey, chewy, and soft in their ginormous cookie glory. That seems to be overselling a simple M&M cookie, but until you have one, you don't really understand, right? I can't believe we're talking cookies, but we are. Exactly. A great cookie is the winner. More so (laughs) than a good beer because we're talking kids. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like a Fenway Frank at, at, at Fenway Park, right? You go, you get it. You don't really ask questions. You just get the hot dog. Kind of the same way at Pat's Peak. Once my three kids and I are done skiing, we all go, let's go inside, get the cookies, and hit the road because it's just, that's the tradition. Um Pat's Peak, King Pine, two phenomenal independently owned resorts celebrating 60 years. It truly is in this day and age of, you know, huge corporations owning and and gobbling up ski resorts across the Northeast that these two have lasted so long under independence and and, and doing what they set out to do in, you know... they're feeder hills, yes, but at the same time, they're also just places for families to go out and enjoy a day of skiing without being overrun by crowds or high prices or, you know, you name it that people complain about skiing. You hit it. Affordability, family, and the ability to to grow the ski industry right. where Vail, Stowe, Deer Valley, they're not growing the industry with the family, mm-hmm. okay? The difference in cost between going to one of the large resorts or going to a King Pine is monumental. And the bottom line is they're there to grow the industry and keep the industry alive. And 60 years worth of doing that is 
is just amazing. Well, I mean, this is just an example. King Pine, a junior group lesson for kids ages 6 to 12. How much do you think that would be for a, a, a what is it, a 90-minute lesson? How much well, would you pay? I would I would probably say 100 bucks. $65. Oh. <laughs> My goodness, that's that's incredible. $65, which is truly incredible. When you go to, you know, I went out to, to Park City a few years ago and gave all the kids a lesson there because they'd never skied out west, so I figured they had to acclimate somehow, and that was probably the best way. And uh, we paid the equivalent of a mortgage for the month, and it was it was great. They had a great day, but in no way was it a $65 lesson. It was hundreds of dollars. And look, I guess we're talking quality of lesson. One, one place is teaching you on, on one of the biggest mountains in, in North America. And at King Pine, they're teaching you at a small little family-run hill, which is, in my mind, the best way for them to learn. Because what, I, again, I talked to the parents of this, and this is coming in the December issue of New England Ski Journal Plug. There's a four-year-old snowboarder in Killington who has got many sponsors. He's, he's heading for his fourth straight year in the 100-day club at Killington. And what is tremendous about that is that his parents used to live in Tahoe. They want to go back to Tahoe, but they're waiting until their kid can learn how to handle the East Coast terrain before they actually go dump them in there because they're right when they say, if you can eat, if you can ski the East Coast, you can ski anywhere. And so to bring someone to a place like King Pine or to Pat's Peak and to have them learn on trails that are more genteel than they really have to tackle right now and to learn how to do the things that will progress them into an expert skier on terrain like King Pine and at Pat's Peak is ultimately going to make you a better skier. And in the long run, you know what, parents, $65 is a lot better than 300 I pulled up, I'm not going to name the resort here in New England, but I, I just did a little uh, research yes. for myself. And that research was a private lesson for six hours Christmas week in New England. Mm-hmm. What do you think that cost? Six hours. Six hours. I'm going to go with $725. $725. Really? Boop. Did nope. I nail it? $1,000 oh. for six <laughs> hours. So I'm not saying that can't be of use and that it, you know, if you have a good skier and you want to take him to the next level, I'm not saying that isn't a bad deal mm-hmm. if you get a lot out of it. Sure. But I'm saying King Pine and Pat's Peak offer an incredible deal, especially because the child will be able to ski the whole mountain and you're going to feel free to let them ski the whole mountain yep. without worrying about where they're going to end up. And, and it's visibility about these places, right? It's about getting out into the eyes of the public and letting them know what is available. You know, with the Epic Pass, obviously everyone knows what the Vale owned resorts are, but they get there and the lessons are, you know, maybe a little steeper than they planned. Places like Pat's Peak and King Pine don't have the marketing dollars. They don't have like the, the visi- again, the visibility of these other places. But what you're going to get there in terms of a genuine experience just can't be matched. It is totally genuine, totally down home without losing any of the amenities. It is about the skiing. It's about the mileage that you can get on the hill. It's about being around family and friends, whether it's in an a lesson for a child or a race league for the adult. And if you want to get your child into racing, yep. they are both great locations to take them to the next level in U8s, U12s, whatever. Absolutely. So moral of the story is don't poo-poo the small guy because the small guy is really good most of the time. Yep. And when we say simplicity, we don't mean bare bones, right? Simplicity is... One thing, bare bones is like, okay, you got a rope toe and a hill and go for it. Simplicity just means that it is down to the simple logistics of skiing. You, the mountain, hopefully some snow. I mean, we can hope, right? We're going to get snow. We're <laughs> going to get it. We got to be patient, I think. I know. I know. I know. So Coming up, we will have Thomas Prindle, who is the director of marketing at King Pine Purity Spring Resort. And Chris Blombeck, two guys, two at the same time, general manager of Pat's Peak. This is the first time we're actually going to have 
two resorts on at the same time. It's exciting. It is exciting, and it's going to be a good time. All right. That's coming right up right after this. Great Glen Trails Outdoor Center is your one-stop adventure destination this winter. No lift lines, just great grooming and magical vistas. Classic snow tubing hill with hot cocoa and s'mores on the weekends. Try a guided snow coach tour. Grab your reservation to Treeline on Mount Washington. Private and group lessons for skiers of all ages and all abilities. Evening snowshoe tours and so much more. Check the website for booking options and details as well. GreatGlenTrails.com. Did you know knee injuries are the most frequent serious injuries in skiing? But an independent multi-year controlled study with thousands of participants at 13 different ski resorts proved that knee bindings reduce the risk of ACL injuries by 82%. To put it another way, knee bindings effectively eliminate four out of five of the knee injuries that happen on all other bindings. This extraordinary result is due to knee bindings patented lateral heel release that only opens in one direction. This unique feature allows the perfect balance between retention and release. If the heel opened in both directions, the estimated injury reduction would be limited to 20% instead of knee bindings proven 82%. Get all the details and your new bindings at kneebinding.com. That's kneebinding.com. If you want to be inspired and informed on everything about the New England ski and outdoor scene, then you need to check out SkiJournal.com. SkiJournal.com delivers daily content on breaking industry news, tips, gear, dining, travel, entertainment, as well as all archived episodes of the Emmy-nominated New England Ski Journal TV show and the Basecamp podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to New England Ski Journal the longest-running regional ski magazine in the country. New England Ski Journal's award-winning writers and photographers bring all four seasons to your door with best-in-class coverage on skiing and the outdoors. Log on to SkiJournal.com and click on the subscribe button to get New England Ski Journal mailed to you today. New England Ski Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative insightful and now back to the base camp podcast joining us on the program is thomas prindle director of marketing for king pine and chris blombeck gm of pat's peak gentlemen welcome to the show great thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us first invite well we're excited to have you and to talk about 60 years of excellence that you both have provided for new hampshire and new england yeah, it's a big year. You know, I don't want to step on Chris, but it's pretty unique that both Pat's Peak and King Pod Ski are celebrating 60 years. And I don't know about Chris, but I'm pretty excited for the season ahead. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I was been a little look around the industry there. And I think both King Pod and Pat's Peak are the longest continually owned areas. And if not all of New England, certainly northern New England. And that's a real testament to the independent spirit here over in the Grand State. And we've always had a little friendly rivalry with the Hoyt family in terms of who gets to 100% of our terrain faster. Both both ski areas, even though we're independent and on the smaller side of things, we both have pretty robust snowmaking systems. So it was always a friendly rivalry. The two last independents in the northern New England, like this. Well, actually, thank you for bringing up the Hoyts, not to direct it away from you. But Thomas, I did want to ask you a little bit about, you know, I don't, we don't need a, a full encyclopedia knowledge here, but can you give us a little history of King Pine and the Hoyt's importance of it all? Yeah, I mean, the Hoyt family has made its march here in Madison, New Hampshire, and, and not only just the ski industry, but the lodging industry too, with Pure to Spring Resort and the Summer Boys Camp, camp to, to Commipog, and it really started with Pure to Spring Resort. We kind of marked the start of that in 1911, and that's been operating over 100 years, accommodating guests. And uh, very early on, Milk Hoyt, one of the Hoyt family members have really, really sort of made Charity Spring Resort and, and started King Pine Ski Area. There was an originally a rope tow built in the 30s, around 1930s, you know, when the advent of skiing was really starting to pick up popularity in our, but it wasn't until the uh, 60s that, that Milton really started to develop and, and uh, conceptualize a, a ski area here in Madison, New Hampshire. So, and then that continued. And I know Chris was very good friends with Bob Hoyt and Bob Hoyt is a bit of a legend in 
in the greater ski industry, especially in New England. And, you know, Chris definitely speaks to that. I know when I started on board here, it certainly was, it was a rivalry I could sense from with Pat's Peak Ski Area. And yeah, I mean, the Hoyt family continues. There's been some generations changed. Some older Hoyt family members have retired. Unfortunately, Bob Hoyt did pass away just a couple of years ago, but definitely left an indelible legacy here at King Pine Ski Area that's continued with Andrew Mahoney, who's a family member, still is a general manager. And we still have Stephen Hoyt quite involved with assets and, and and CapEx projects with King Pine Ski Area and Curtis Spring Resort. So that family-owned, family-operated sense of the ski area continues to, 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 to be significant here. And it is unique in this, in this day and age that, that you do have family very involved with the ski area. Chris, I know you've been at Pat's Peak for an awful long time. Give us a little history over there. Sure. Well, my one-year stint is on year 31. So it just speaks to the family ownership and how great they are to their staff. Even though I was here for 15, almost 20 years, I was still referred to as the new guy. And uh, that just speaks to the volumes of, of the patent on ownership. The, the family started in the 60s, the similar time that King Pine got going. But we had four brothers. And, you know, more or less, one brother dropped out each decade. So in the 60s, there was four brothers. In the 70s, there was three brothers. In the 80s, it got down to two. And then by the 90s, it was consolidated on our Wayne and Sally Patnaut. And uh, that's when the investments figure really turned on for the facility. There was a lot of good things about Pat's Peak, and there were a lot of things that needed some attention. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to say that uh, the capital investment really started flowing under Wayne and Sally. And uh, to this day, they still own it and they're very active in the management of it. Not so much on a day to day basis, but in terms of setting overall goals and whatnot. The family is great in that they let our team do our thing out here and they don't micromanage. So it's been a real, real blessing. And I, I'm very thankful to be able to work for them. You know, I, I think we mentioned before that in this day and age to have two independent ski areas celebrating the same anniversary is quite remarkable. And, you know, what is each, Thomas, I'll start with you. What is each given to the industry just by simply making skiing affordable? Well, I'm heading into year seven here as marketing director and manager. And one of the things I learned early on, having come from some much larger ski areas and kind of doing the marketing there, the, the, the common theme that I quickly learned at some of the Boston ski shows when I first started was how many people would walk up and say, oh, King Pine, that's where I learned to ski. And if anything, we are, as you know, it's commonly referred to as a Bia resort. And it's a generational aspect too. We we have an incredible majority of, of our ski and snowboard instructors are high level PSIA certified instructors. And it's the younger families that come to King Pine, not only because we are, as you just mentioned, much more affordable than other ski areas, but our terrain and, and our size. And as Chris mentioned, you know, Pat's Peak and King Pine Steer, we're very conscious of, of snowmaking. Our size is a benefit. We have an incredible water source and Bob Quake had made, and we continue to make investments in high efficiency, low energy snowmaking systems. So terrain, quality of incredible ski school. We have younger families that come and we do understand we're not, we're, we don't pretend to be a large amount. We know that the families still start to grow and the kids will grow and they will gravitate to larger ski areas and start to explore the bigger ski areas. But when those kids start to have their kids, they're going to remember that King Pine was where they learned to ski and they're going to bring their kids back. So the contributions that we continue to make in this day and age is it's, we're an affordable introduction for that younger family to really discover the sport and hopefully continue to, to grow within the sport. Chris, I think that pretty much sums up Pat's Peak as well, doesn't it? Nailed it. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, everything that Tom said there, and uh, I'll just emphasize that he's only been there for seven years. So he's, <laughs> he's new guy there. But, you know, one of the other things that we bring to the table, touch upon, is our after school learn ski and ride program. We know exactly where we are, for lack of a better word, the ski area food chain. You know, we, we think it's very important to work with smaller areas in our area to make sure that they can add some value to the products they're offering because we know that. The people are going to get introduced to the sport of skiing kind of in the backyard. And then, you know, when they get a little, maybe they want something a little bigger, we're hopeful that that little area will feed us. And, and we'll hold on on for a few years, four or five, maybe six years. And then we're going to kick them up to a, a Killington or a Stowe or something like that. And then hopefully they will graduate to maybe out west or the, the Tahoe Sierra area or whatever. 
And we just, we know exactly where we are. And, you know, our after-school program, our numbers are up huge this year after some COVID protocols kind of dictated that we had to kind of go in a hedgehog mode because schools were understandably a little bit shy to increase the size of their offerings. But we're going to have close to 6,000 kids in our after-school learn ski program. And it's not uncommon pre-COVID that we would have 40 to 50, possibly even 60 buses on some days coming in when when the larger areas were sending up last year. Night skiing is a huge part for our operation between the after-school program and our adult race league. And, you know, we just, we just, we keep the sport fresh and we, we make sure that we are introducing the little guys to the sport. And to Tom's point about multi-generation, you know, I've now been here for 31 years, as mentioned earlier, and I can't tell you how many folks I've seen start here, disappear for a few years, and now they're teaching their little guys how to ski and ride here now. Excellent. Well, this year in the 22-23 season is the first time that both Pats and King Pine will have an association with the Indy Pass. King Pine is an allied member. Chris, I'll start with you. What has this Indy Pass meant for you over the past few years of using it? And, you know, has the reservation system you've had to employ been successful in sort of evening out the mountain? Yeah, so, you know, at the time you partner with a third party, you want to be a little bit careful to make sure that you're not kind of sabotaging your own sales because at the end of the day we have to make sure that we are bringing in the right and i apologize for the noise in the background we're finishing up some last minute construction projects as is the case always with a ski area in the fall <laughs> but what we're the inch pass was incredibly successful for us and i was singing with duck fish on the first year that we were doing it and we were tracking the data because we are we are data nerds here at the ski area we don't always know what to do with it but we do collect a lot of data and we were finding out that 90% of our guests that were coming via the Indy Pass had never skied here before. Wow. And we really thought that that was a successful program. And when we interviewed the people, we relentlessly surveyed folks, and they were very pleasantly surprised when they showed up at our place. I guess their expectations were pretty low for us, a quote-unquote small ski area of southern New Hampshire when you have areas like Saddleback and Chatham and whatnot. But they were very pleasantly surprised, and we were very happy with the Indy Pass. But what we had to do with the Indy Pass last year is we had to go back to a reservation system because we were literally getting loved to death. We had an, an episode where Boston got a few inches of snow, and normally we wouldn't think much of it, but it, it brought out the lines, and, and we sold out of our parking very early in the morning. And we actually had to turn some of our season pass holders away. That's how many Indy passes were being redeemed on that particular day. So we had to kind of go back and introduce some restrictions. And we partnered with Indy again this year, but we did a, a little bit more of a restricted pass so that we had a little bit better control on that throttle. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about experience. Yeah, you could maybe look at the financial books and say, hey, that was an incredible day. But if you are giving good customer service along every aspect of your resort operation because your lines for the rental shop are long or your lift lines are too long or food service lines are too long, that wasn't doing what we set out to begin. So we are all about the, the experience here. Great. And and Thomas, can you tell me about how the partnership with IndyPass came along on the King Pine side, where you're now an ally, is an allied member or associated member or? We are among IndyPass's, what they call the allied resort, okay. which is a small contingent of, of, of ski areas that have got on board in, in a different capacity than than what Chris and Pat's, you know, they were an early member of the IndyPass and, and the IndyPass holders can go to the original core mountains and get two free days. Doug and Indy Pass introduced this allied resort program. I had certainly expressed our interest to Doug, you know, in, in becoming just a, a core ski area. But as as we've learned, and as you all know, that, that Indy Pass is very considerate of who they are choosing to be part of that program. And I think that's when they opened up the allied resort. I said, absolutely, we would love to be part of that. And so, we, you know, I don't know what to expect. I'm, I, I, I have very high hopes. I, you know, our interest is really the, the sort of the, the impression and reach and, and getting people to consider King Pine and may not have ever considered coming here and maybe exploring us and discovering us. But it is a different program than the core resort. But so it's basically, you know, they're, they're able to come and get 50% off tickets on certain times of the year. And uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. I wish I, you know, we'll, we'll know after the season how it went. Tom, let me give you a word of advice. 
Brace for impact. <laughs> we'll see. I, I hope you're right, Chris. So we certainly welcome that. And, 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 and we're excited to be part of that IndyPass program. Not only for the, the guest experience, but we were super excited to then in turn offer our employees a, an additional benefit for them to purchase the Indy add-on pass. So that, you know, I mean, we, we have reciprocal programs with our employees, but that's not always the case when they start to head out west or some of the other opportunities that they can really explore with that Indy pass. It's just an additional sort of benefit for our employee base to, to, to maybe capitalize and, and buy them by their own Indy pack. You both mentioned getting open, getting fully open through snowmaking and stuff is something you guys do as well as anybody in New England, especially since you're not in those snow belts of Jay Peak and Stowe and so on. What's the listener going to find when they get up there for terrain when everybody else is struggling? The joke is that Pat's Peak, we're a snowmaking system with a ski area attached. And we are absolutely fanatical about making snow. My background I came up through the ranks as a snowmaker. I used to run the midnight crew here for a number of years. And uh, we're just fanatical about it. When you are 60 miles from the Atlantic Ocean, she has a lot to say about what kind of ski season you're going to have. And we knew that being down here in southern New Hampshire, what we refer to as the banana belt, you need to have robust snowmaking capabilities. You know, to your point about what kind of snowmaking we're doing, this year, I, you know, we, we, we call it like hand-to-hand combat in terms of how we're getting trails open because Mother Nature is not being the most cooperative. And, you know, she's been giving us a little bit warmer than average temperatures because that jet stream is, is kind of further north than we would really like it to be. So we're, we're doing all we can to get terrain open. We opened this past Friday. We had six trails. We've got another three trails ready to go. And for this upcoming weekend, we should have another nine, nine trails or a total of nine trails. That's impressive. And for King Pine Steerium, you know, we generally, we have a scheduled opening date of Friday, December 16th, which is our usual. We, we're, we're not the early ski area to open. We understand our demographic and our market base that we try and get everything going. And, and we always strive to be 100% open by the holiday week if conditions and, and, and everything permits. And then we like to keep, stay basically stay 100% open right up until we close. You know, Chris can speak much more intelligently about some of the challenges that we're, we're, we're having right now heading into the season. But, you know, we're, we're starting to play that, starting to do that dance where, you know, you, as, as an operation, you, you really hope to get those, you know, those, those 48 hour straight off windows of, of snowmaking opportunities. And we're just not getting that. We've got a little bit of that in November, but as Chris spoke to, now you got to start to dance and, and take advantage of any of the opportunities that you do have so that we can get things going and, you know, get our snow tubing operations going and hopefully set us up for, for a good holiday week. Now, I'm not going to ask you each how the resorts looked 60 years ago, but can you, Thomas, I'll start with you, maybe give us a, a general idea about how each ski area has changed over the past, you know, 20 years through expansion or additions, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, I mean, for King Pine Ski, I started with three trails and one double lift and I think a rope tow as well. And then over the years, since there were expansions on adding additional and we now operate with three triple fixed grip chairlifts that continuously get maintained and stay in top-notch operating order. We also have a learning area with a, a snow belt and we still operate a little kind of a, not kind of a rope toe, but it's, it's, it's similar to that. And then also we have a tubing operation, snow tubing operation. And then we built out a Nordic and snowshoe trail network. We have an ice skating rink that was added. So we have quite a bit to offer in addition to the lodging. We have on-site lodging. You know, one of the unique things about King Pine Skier is you can literally stay right in our base lodge. You can't get much more slow side than that. And that's some of those lodging accommodations that when Charity Spring Resort offers. So, you know, we, it, King Pine is, is about it. You know, I, I don't want to say it's about as developed as it's ever going to, but, you know, we are a small mountain. It's not like we have major land or acreage to work with to continue to develop trail. Our, you know, our lifts operate very well. You know, is not really a consideration for adding new lifts. It's not like we need more uphill capacity. We just can kind of continue to maintain and, and operate as, as as fit as possible. And that's where we come from 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 six years ago. And hopefully, continue to operate in that capacity for for many more years. Chris, how about over at Pat's? First thing, I love the back bowls of Pat's. That's what I call them. It's it. The first time I went over to the other side, I was stunned how much fun it was in that beautiful little spot over on the backside of the mountain. What's going on over there? 
Yeah, that gets the uh, that gets the morning sun. It's kind of like a sun bowl area. I think one of our season pass holders summed it up best. They said if if the Pat's Peak front face was the main meal, that was more of a nice nice little appetizer or dessert. And what that allowed us to do is to it takes the peak. You know, every ski area has a, a an ebb and flow to it. And then by like ten thirty on a Saturday, it's probably getting pretty cozy on the front side. So that gives us a nice little escape route. Send some skiers over there. That opens early in the morning, and it just it takes the whole edge off the whole ski area by providing some additional terrain. Um, much like Tom was saying, you know, we started way back in the day with one lift and six trails, and now we're skiing 28 trails, and we have six chairlifts and four surface lifts. And, you know, part and parcel to that is that it's the operating philosophy of the Patton family is to, is to not to get too far out in front of our ski tips, if you will. And we like to pay for things as we go. We may not always have the newest, best, and shiniest right off the bat, but at the end of the day, we usually own everything. And uh, we take very good care of our equipment, and we're always constantly upgrading. And when you run, you know, a ski area on its best best year is a tough business. And when you get a winner that is a tough one, you know, if you owe a lot of money, at one time we had five other ski areas in our immediate neighborhood. And, you know, in the early 90s and the late aughts, or early aughts, you know, we were down significantly. We lost King Ridge, Highlands, Temple Mountain, Whaleback for a while, and Ragged Mountain for a couple of years. Some of them have come back to a varying degree, but, you know, it, it's, it's in our interest to make sure that all of the ski areas stay open and functioning because, you know, it's kind of like that whole restaurant syndrome downtown. If you're one restaurant, you're doing okay. If you're two restaurants, you're competitors. But if you're three restaurants or four restaurants downtown, you become a destination. And it's pretty important that we keep the, the Monadnock region of Southern New Hampshire viable and vibrant for, for skiing. Well, I'm sure that there are a, a host of anniversary events that you're both going to have. Thomas, I'll start with you. What can visitors expect at King Pine to celebrate 60 years this year? Well, we're pretty excited. We're going to do a, a crazy ticket rollback on Thursday, December 22nd. We're going to be one of the first lift ticket price rates with $4. So we're going to be offering $4 lift tickets on Thursday, December 22nd. So that's pretty exciting to get the season going. And then I just found out at this event we were at Friday night is that I, Pat Peep and Chris, I mean, Pat Peep and Tim Pine are are celebrating on the same Saturday, January. We are going to be doing a vintage, kind of vintage ski day, encouraging people to to bring out their old gear or wear whatever era gear they wish to ski or snowboard on. And then and then join us at Bray. We are collaborating with a very well-known ski writer, a ski historian, Tom Eastman, who's local to our area. Mm-hmm. And he's been working on a sort of a historical piece and assessment for, you know, celebrating 60 years of King Pine skiers. So They'll be doing a little apparate talk up in the Trails End Tavern. So that's going to be kind of cool to, to hear and talk about the history of King Pine. And then we have some additional events in the spring. We're going to do a part of their sort of 60th anniversary birthday party, more for kids. We'll have a part of their out there, touch, touch a groomer type thing. And I mean by the grooming equipment. <laughs> Thank, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got some pretty exciting, just really sort of, I think, King Pie. We're going to, you know, we got some unique stickers. We took a look at the logo and kind of incorporate some some of those vintage aspects of the logos. So some one-off materials, and obviously there'll be some anniversary gear in our shop to, you know, some of that retro look, logo stuff. So pretty, pretty exciting year ahead. That's cool. And how about you, Chris? What's going on over there? Yeah, all of the above, what Tom just said there, January 7th is going to be our party for our, our Diamond Jubilee. And we are going to have fireworks. We've got Rock 101 coming out for the day to do a big party. And we're going to have a 60-foot-long cake uh, in our lodge that represents each year. for. And we're going to be giving out free cake to all our guests. We've got a band up in the pub. And it's one thing that ski area operators are always very good at is we're throwing good parties. So we are going to have a really grand old time. And uh, we're looking forward to it on January 7th. And it's a good time. Well, we want to wish both ski areas, both families, and the whole staff, and a marvelous 60-year party. We can't tell you how proud we are that you're still there and how important you are to the New England community. Yeah, appreciate the kind words. It's, you know, we're looking forward to our next 60, and we're set both, I know King Fine and Pat's Peak are set up to be very prosperous in the future, and we're, we're looking to really deliver down the road.
well, not to make this all about me, but January 7th is my birthday as well. I'll only, uh-huh. I will only be 49 though. So I will give way to the two mountains to celebrate in, in their honor. I, I wish them all the best and a successful season this year. Great. Thanks very Thank much. you, Eric. Come on up and go ski. Absolutely. We'll do, oh, Chris, what do they put in the cookies? What do we put in the cookies? Yeah. What do you put in those cookies? A lot of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, we sell a lot of those cookies. It's amazing. I, this past year I was working in the cafeteria because we were a little short staffed and, uh, you know, you think you could stock the cookies fast, but man, oh man, they <laughs> put them 20 and 30 and 40 up at a time. In a few minutes on a busy Saturday, they're all gone. It's crazy. So Chris, know how I know that? Because I have chaperoned buses to Pat's Peak and had the kids on the way home. Thank you. It's amazing how many weddings that we do at the ski area where for dessert, they will want an authentic Pat's Peak M&M cookie. It's incredible. And Thomas, before I let you go, I, I know I would never ask you to share your powder stashes, but you seem to have found a few pretty good ones at King Pine that I see a lot of the time on social media. When the powder hits at King Pine, where do you, what area do you go in? Well, first of all, when the powder hits in our region, you know, King Pine's the type of place you can go to and, and you can wake up kind of late. You're not having to be first chair because people don't generally gravitate to King Pine for powder. <laughs> but which is to my favor, because you can end up doing laps and be getting fresh lines and, you know, be banking a whole lot of vertical. Yeah, it might be little 350 foot sh- shots, but you can get a lot of great uh, uh, runs. And I kind of, I always joke around, I call Tell people it's kind of like playing a really cool, like the game round of mini golf, because not only, you know, we have pitch pine and pine brulee, which we call the backside of King Pine ski area yeah. serviced by the black bear lick. And, you know, that's arguably some of the steepest terrain trail in the North, like in New England. I mean, yeah, it's short, but it's really steep. Yep. And there's some little rock drops and little pitches and ungroomed sections of that that are just an absolute blast. And then there's also little hidden tree sashes on that side of the mountain too that you can explore. And just like I said, it's, it's, like, it's like mini golf. It's fun. It's a blast. <laughs> so Chris, on the front side of Pat's, there's some bump action. You know, people think it's a small hill until you ski that. Yeah, and that's our hurricane ski trail. We, we like to say we're short, but we're sweet. And, you know, my preferences on a powder day is I'm a bump skier. That's my, that's where I like to be in the woods. And uh, my favorite run at the ski area is to come down Vortex, up out onto the Hurricane Ski Trail. And then if there's enough snow on the Hurricane Blades to, to hit that, cycle that number of times. That's that the pitches on Hurricane, Tom's point about, I think it's, what is it? Pitch, Pine Pitch is the steep one over there. It's there. Yeah. Air raising. Pine brulee and pitch pine, yeah, yeah, very steep. You know, we have the same in our place. It, you know, it's not as long as outer limits and you know, white heat and stuff like that, but it, it'll put you in your place if you're not paying attention. Well, I want to thank you both for joining us. I speak from experience in saying that both, you know, King Pine, my kids have learned to ski there, and Pat's Peak, they continue to learn to ski there. We're both are big family favorites, and a happy birthday to both. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate the comments and come on up and grab an M&M cookie. We'll do. Oh, we definitely will. We'll be up to see both of you this year. You guys have a wonderful holiday season and we're praying that snow gods start to be generous to us. Yes. Right back at you. Pray for snow. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks guys. You know, wouldn't you know it after we have the discussion, I get right in my inbox from Pat's peak announcing the 33rd season of adult racing season, just like you were talking about. Yeah, the racing program up there, sort of sort of like Wachusett, sort of like Neshoba. And even McIntyre now has a nighttime race program on the hill every week. And these things have grown. Why not? You know, it's kind of fun. After work, you become a gentleman World Cup skier all, or lady. Don't want to, you know, not say the women too, but yes. you, you go out there and you race. The other thing these guys do is that all the high school teams are training there. All the high school teams are racing there, just like Bradford in Massachusetts. So all these smaller hills have these huge programs to take kids to the next level. The aspiring uh, CV8 racers, the aspiring GMVS racers up at Sugarbush, mm-hmm. they all start at little areas like this because this is where they get their 
sort of earn their badges. Right, exactly. So you, you've been to Pat's Peak a lot more than I have, I think. I've only been a handful of times. What are some of your, your favorite memories or, or you know, experiences there? My favorite thing about Pat's is originally going with my kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you used to spend time on the hill. He, he, you know, he all of a sudden wanted to go to the bigger hills real quick because I took him to so many. But it was being able to go up there, spend two hours on the hill, enjoy the time with him. More recently, in my travels, I pull into Pat's early in the morning when nobody's there. Everything is groomed out. So I cannot speak highly enough of the snow and the grooming there. Yeah. It's groomed out so well where, you you know, I put on a slalom ski and I just dark quick turns on that. I believe, how tall is Pat's? Is it 900? Pat's it. But you get you get out there. I don't I don't need you know a two thousand foot hill to really enjoy the moment. Pat's is fourteen sixty. Fourteen sixty. Fourteen sixty. So yeah, look at that. And they've got a lift from top to bottom. What is close to that? You know, it's it's just great skiing. Let's talk facts. <laughs> Mountain stats. Summit elevation, 1,460 feet. Base elevation, 690. And the vertical drop is 770 at Pat's Peak. What is King Pine for elevation or for vertical? King Pine for vertical is, I do not have, oh, it's right here, 350 feet. 350? Yeah. Okay. So you think night skiing, you're you're staying in North Conway, mm-hmm. okay? It's, it's right up the road. Yep. What a what a great time to get the kids out. Or better yet, you're going up to Cranmore for the weekend. On Friday night, stop at in Madison, get some turns in at King Pine, especially if there's fresh snow. You're speaking my language because it's essentially on the way to my house in Madison. So it literally is around the corner. So night skiing is something that we would do all the time, particularly if it were a very cold day or if it's a little rainy and you just want to just hang out. And then you want to go night skiing and it's right there. And it, it really is a great night skiing, skiing experience there. Just everything that that's available at King Pine and, and the ease with what you can use it. And like Thomas was saying, like you don't get much closer than having your hotel room in the actual lodge. You go to King Pine and you're not going to get a big resort feel. And that's fine because that's not what the people that are, are going there are looking for. They're looking for something small and family friendly where there's enough activities to keep the kids a- occupied. And there's plenty there. You know, the, the snowshoeing, ice skating. The snow tubing park is a highlight there because it, it really is. It's a nice long run. The kids love that. It, it, it's Look, both places are places I've taken my three kids, and they're getting to the age now where they can go off and do their own thing sometimes, and hanging with dad is not always the coolest, except on the mountain where I am the coolest dad. But these are places where they can go and they can experience things on their own. They can go off and do this. You know, if we want to split up and one kid wants to do the bumps when the other one just wants a nice jug tail cruiser, King Pine and Pat's Peak are both perfect places to do that because you don't feel you don't feel the stress of being separated from your kid. And the one other thing I will say about my experience at King Pine, as my kids get older, I miss the days of them being three and four year olds less and less because I love interacting with them and enjoying their company now as opposed to then when I was, you know, just trying to keep them in line. But the job that King Pine did in teaching my kids all three of them at various ages, again, is just top-notch. And if you're looking to get your kids involved in skiing and you're kind of wondering what the first place to look would be, King Pine's right up there because of the the simplicity with, 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 with which they do it. They are family areas that bring back that simplicity, that feeling of what skiing was always meant to be it wasn't all supposed to be glitter it's supposed to be family it's supposed to be getting together and enjoying the time outside and that's what they offer but with that being said i you know 60 years for both of them unheard of especially smaller ski areas holding on support these areas because we can as Chris said, we cannot afford to lose any more areas when it comes to affordability or ski areas, period. We're all in this together. We need to support each other. Well, it's it's that, and it's also just that 
the independents that are there now are, I don't want to say thriving because I don't want to put that word on them, but the independents are having a day, right? Whether it's the Indy Pass or whether it's people just escaping the, the crowds at, at other mega resorts, these indie places are getting more, I don't know, I don't know if pub is the right word, more attention, but there's a niche, right? And I think that these independent resorts are realizing that and the skiers are flocking to them because maybe they're losing something in the authenticity of the sport, right? And at a place like Pat's Peak and King Pine, you know, look, they are very similar mountains, but very different at the same time. Pat's Peak has... A, has really built up its base area in, in the last few years, particularly with COVID. And King Pine is more of a simpler base area, right? You're not going to go there and get heating lamps and, and nice deck to have your beer on after after you're done for the day. They both cater to similar crowds with different objectives and different goals and different ways they do things. And for them both to be celebrating 60 years, I think, at the same time, in the same year, on the same day, for God's sake, is is a special moment for New Hampshire skiing. Right. I mean, I think that these two mountains together speak a lot about how people have learned the sport in New England, not just New Hampshire. And for them to both, you know, boast these birthdays at the same time truly speaks for their longevity. Well, with that being said, everybody, please remember January 7th. If you can't get to one of these resorts on that day to enjoy the festivities, please raise a glass of wine or beer to them and give them a toast. Congratulations, Pat's Peak. Congratulations, King Pine, on well job well done. We look forward to getting up there this year. And looking forward to 120. I don't know if we'll still be doing this podcast when they're celebrating that, but that's okay. We'll make it a goal. I'm Eric Wilbur. That is Mike Specian. Mike, thank you very much. That was a really good one, Eric. I'm Absolutely stoked to give accolades to these resorts that deserve it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. We will see you on the next one. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.